The Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yes. to the City. I crossed up by Colby, well, floated to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. But Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make Don't my pick. I didn't make my pick. I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm your host, as always, Big J, joined by Joe Guire, Sean Scanlon, and King J. And we got a lot to talk about. We're talking a lot about the Giants this week. Starting things off, continuing our draft preview, who is the best receiver in this draft? Joe? Well, I mean, I think the easy answer is uh, uh, Jamar Chase, but the guy hasn't played so you it's you know what i mean you're, you're like probably yeah. him maybe Jalen waddle definitely Devonte smith you know <laughs> what i mean I, I, it, so so the way i see them falling from what all the experts are saying is that chase will go first waddle probably second smith third right i think bateman uh kind of going fourth where does pitts fall into there well, he's a tight end. Nice try, though. He's a receiver. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, if you want to go there, too, maybe he is the best. I mean, my my expectation is he's probably the first non-quarterback off the board. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Sean, but that's, uh, that's what I think is going to happen, and I think Chase ends up going first amongst the receivers. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the mock drafts that I've seen so far have Jamar Chase going there. And, uh, I mean, I th I think Jamar Chase probably is the best. Obviously, you know, he had the year off. But, I mean, if you look the year before that, he was, you know, setting all these SEC records with Justin Jefferson alongside him. And, you know, we just saw what Justin Jefferson can do at the NFL level. So, I think that Jamar Chase is the best. But I, I think that Devontae Smith has been uh, getting, you know, not, not enough respect in the, ever since, you know, the, the draft has been coming up. Because, you know, I, I think people are forgetting, you know, what he, not just what he did last year, but what he did at his tenure at Alabama. I mean, this guy is absolutely unguardable. I, I, I literally – there's no one that can guard him. He's a great route runner. He's great after the catch, even with his skinny frame. So, I think that Jamar Chase is still that number one guy. But I, I think Devontae Smith would be right behind him. And uh, I, I would really be happy if he was there at number 11 for the Giants because uh, I, I think that even with the addition of Kenny Galladay, I, I think we could use uh, as many weapons as uh, we could take. I don't think Smith is underrated at all, Sean. I think you're wrong there. I think he gets more credit than Waddle is getting. And I think Waddle was probably the star receiver at the beginning of the year, probably before the injury. So if, I, if anyone's getting mm -hmm. shade, it's going to be Waddle. 
But let's not also forget Kadarius Tony had a really good year where he had almost, I believe, no drops in Florida. So he's also a good receiver that people are definitely forgetting on about and definitely sleeping on. Someone probably you can grab in the second round if you know you don't have an immediate need for a wide receiver. I definitely think he's someone you could fill in and he could be a day one starter. So he's probably someone who's getting shade. Not Smith. Smith is definitely known and he definitely got the Heisman for it. So to say he's underrated or not or getting not getting the respect he gets is is completely un- wrong. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is, is, uh, you know, it's almost to his benefit because you look at these guys that are all going top 10 and you're going to a bad team or at least a team that was bad last year. If you're one of those guys that falls later in the draft or maybe you're a round two, you know, mid round two pick, you're probably getting on to a better team. And. You know, look at last year. I don't think anybody thought Justin Jefferson was going to be like the breakout guy. I mean, setting rookie records, he was phenomenal. Um, It's easy, obviously. Right. But again, it's easy to say, oh, look at Waddle. Look at look at Smith, because right. Those guys were front and center. 14 games on national TV, national championship, the whole nine Heisman Trophy winner for Smith. Um Obviously, Waddle's injury got a lot of talk all year long, even when he wasn't playing. Um, and, and you know, Zay, you're not wrong. Sean, you kind of made a face. I mean, right? Those guys are, like, pretty equal, Waddle and and Smith. And so, you know, which guy's better? I don't know. To me, it's going to depend a lot on where they end up, what quarterback they end up with, what team they're on. It's going to have a big impact on the kind of year they had. I mean, think about if Kirk Cousins – didn't stop being a bum. <laughs> think about think about you. You wouldn't be talking about Justin Jefferson right now, and and so again. But I think the year he had only just further, like Sean said, makes Jamar Chase the that's the guy doing it. In the SEC proven winner. We've seen it. We just saw it last year. He's easily that's that's the the top wide receiver now. Jace, of course, brings up who's the best receiver. Well, of course, it's Pitts. And, you know, my concern about Pitts is the same as my concern about Evan Engram. Not just drops, I mean. I'm talking about the health. I mean, these are like freakish yeah. athletes. We were talking about Aaron Judge for a minute before the show started. Guys that are that big and that physically talented and gifted struggle to stay healthy. Pitts has had issues already while he was in college. So, you know, he's going to be... He could be a superstar. I mean, he he could be up there with Kelsey and Kittle amongst the best in the league or could be like Evan Ingram where he's in and out of the lineup. And I think that kind of inconsistency might be part of the reason why there's so many big drops. Well, look, I mean, look, look at a guy, Jared mentioned Gronk. He's, he was injured. He's always injured, but, but, but he still does find a time to get in and make those big catches when he needs to. I think – Pitts is like that guy, but, but you're right. I, I, the thing that scares me is the injuries are all concussions. It's concussions with him, and concussions what, are scary. You, you got to understand the tight end position has changed over the years. The, the build of the tight end has also changed. The position, the tight end normally goes across the field, so they normally get hit, you know, going across the field, not being, you know, not seeing the hit. Those guys have gotten smaller. They're not as big as the Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates that they used to be. You know, our tight ends are getting smaller, skinnier, and faster. Because they're they're more built like wide receivers than they are tight ends now, because that's the what the ideal tight end is. So you also got to take that into consideration that maybe Pitts is probably someone you're gonna have to move outside if you want him to play in the league and not, you know, get injured. 
It's the same thing I've been saying about Evan Engram that I wonder if the Giants moved him outside if that wouldn't. I mean, again, if if you're not necessarily matched up with linebackers all the time, you know, maybe maybe the footsteps aren't as scary or or whatever it is that's making him make the drops that he makes. And I can't help but wonder if it's that. I would much prefer to know I'm getting hit by a corner or a safety than a linebacker. So a a thought, but again, I I think when you're a freakish athlete, dude, you know, they're want to, they want to put you across the middle. And so, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I I, I think that's why Pitts and Ingram are tight ends because just the mismatch that you get against linebackers, those, I mean, most of the linebackers in the NFL can't stay with guys like that. So I I think that's, you know, they present the mismatch for opposing defenses. I, I think that's, that's why, you know, offensive coordinators like them in that position and they've been playing that position their whole lives. So, I mean, obviously, I think they could play receiver technically, but I mean, they're used to you know being at that tight end position. That's going to change quickly. You keep getting linebackers like um, um excuse me, the linebacker out of Penn State. I can't pronounce his first name. You get Misha like, Parsons like, and Isaiah Simmons. You keep getting these evolved linebacker safeties. You know that's going to change really quickly for these linebackers. So they're going to have to figure it out. That's. I mean, that's a couple. There's only a couple of those guys in the league, though. Yeah, there's a couple now. But look, look at look how many. A couple of years ago, ten years ago, there's only a couple of scrambling quarterbacks. Now, when you look at their on almost every other roster. Sure, uh, right. I, I mean it's it's look that's part of the evolution of the game. I mean, right? If you're going to start running six foot six, you know, two hundred forty five pound tight ends, well, I'm, I'm going to have to find me like a six three, like two hundred thirty five pound linebacker that'll knock your teeth out of your mouth. Move so safety to linebacker, yeah. Of course, I mean again, right? I mean, the, it, the more athletic you're going to put on one side, the more athletic you're forcing those other positions to be. And to me, you know, from a a, a, a rushing standpoint, uh, you know, rushing the quarterback standpoint, I I prefer skinnier defensive players. They might be a little bit quicker, but in this era of getting the ball out of your hand in like three seconds, I'm not really worried about that. So then it becomes more, right, you want to be able to stay in coverage with these guys. So I, you're right, Zay, to a point. I think you're going to see a lot more guys like that um, as linebackers in the future. I think you're going to see more of the Isaiah Simmons and Meshach Parsons types. So that's the yeah. game. That's how it evolves. You know, there was a time where, you know, I mean, I grew up where there there could be a center that was like 260, 265. That was a... That was a normal thing to have linemen under 300 pounds. It blew everyone's mind when Coastal Carolina did it this year. But when I was a kid in the 80s, there were still teams that, you know, I mean, this, the Redskins were the first team to really have big fat guys on the line. You hadn't really ever seen that before. And look how the game evolved. Now, you, see, I mean, every everybody's got linemen that are 300 pounds. You know, in the case of somebody like – uh Jamarcus Russell had a quarterback that was 300 pounds. So <laughs> the, the game constantly evolves. Uh, yeah. But uh, before we move off of the topic of wide receivers, Joe, if there is a wide receiver, like right now, uh, a lot of mocks have Jalen Waddle available for the Giants. Is that a route the Giants should think about taking? You know, uh, it's funny. Trevor Keys and I literally were talking about this yesterday, uh, just texting back and forth about it. And and to me, look, if by some miracle Pitts, Smith, Chase, or Waddle is there at 11, take them. I mean, you could never have enough, like, super skilled guys. By all means, that's that's the move to make. 
I don't suspect any of them are going to be there. And I still think that it's probably behooves the Giants to trade back and grab one of those defensive ends, you know, somewhere in the 20s where they probably belong and see what kind of other assets you could pick up and another draft pick or two or a player or whatever. Um, why not? Why not? Because again, I, I think any of any of we've talked about it last week. I think any of those guys is a bit of a stretch. And if they're going to be there at 24, move back, move back, get assets. The, the, here's the thing. The Giants did such a great job in free agency addressing everything. I mean, even to an extent, defensive end. I mean, they brought some guys and there's not uh, where you're like, yeah. but they brought in plenty of guys for some depth. Maybe somebody has a breakout year. So, again, I think if you can grab one of these defensive linemen, I know they've all got some issue or another of concern, and a lot of them have a lot of upside, a guy that you could really invest and put some time in, kind of rotate in there, where if he is a first-round pick, he doesn't have to be playing every single down right out of the gate. I think these guys, uh, you know, like Quiddy Pay, I think he sort of projects as that kind of guy. I don't think he's going to be a day-one impact player, but – a guy like that, if you can get him around 2025, 20, pick up another asset and kind of work that guy in long term, I think the Giants have the right depth to get away with that now after the great job they did in free agency. So would a would a wide receiver trump anything if they stick at 11? And anything else, again, maybe like if a Sewell falls there, would you pick like a Waddle or a wide receiver above that? How does that go in? I, I mean, if Panay Sewell is there, then I, I think you have to hop on that immediately. Um, but I mean, it 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 depends though which receivers are there. So I mean, it really depends on who's taking QBs early in the draft because I think you know there's going to be four or five of them taken within the first ten. So I think there is a chance that maybe one of these receivers fall, or maybe even a guy like Rashawn Slater. So. I think the only thing that would trump a receiver at, at this point is the O-line because I think that's the biggest need for the Giants right now. But like Joe said, I mean, you can never have enough offensive weapons, especially for the Giants, a team, you know, who has really struggled on offense the past couple of years. And even last year when the defense was carrying the team most of the time, the offense couldn't stay on the field. And, you know, what's going to change that? It's going to be, you know, guys like Kenny Galladay. And then if a guy like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle is there, I think that, you know, Daniel Jones could use as many weapons uh, as he can get right now. So I think that it, I, I think it really comes down to if there's offensive line there, uh, either Sewell or Slater. If one of them's there, I think you probably have to go with that. But if not, I mean, uh, you, you can never use enough weapons on offense. I also read yesterday that the Giants, while they're concerned about me, Shock Parsons, I don't think they've completely ruled him out if available. And I again, He's a guy, I don't know that I would expect him to be there at 11, but if everyone's struggling with his character issues, maybe he is. But then I think if everyone else is struggling with his character issues, there's probably a 0% chance the Giants would be the team that's like, yeah, we'll take him. Again, just not necessarily the way this organization has ever operated. So, Also, I do stand corrected. Uh, Jared Jones did say Justin Jefferson. I remember last year in our fantasy draft, uh, how passionate he was about getting. He thought Justin Jefferson was going to be a star. Yes, you did say it. I did say nobody. I saw your comment. I stand corrected. I He did say that. Again, but I, you know, uh, again, by and large, most people didn't make that prediction. Most people didn't see that coming. So, you know, it, it's hard to project some of these guys. 
I know we don't want to talk quarterbacks, but I mean, I read a great article about Trey Lance today. I mean, that could yeah. be a huge pick for a team, or it could be a huge waste of a pick for a team and set you back. You just don't know. You know, you just don't know. Yeah. But uh, let, let's take a break from talking about the draft because we still got a lot more, especially with the draft coming up. But uh, let, let's talk about some more news around the league with the 17th game. The Giants have it. Uh, they, they got the Miami Dolphins as their new opponent. Everyone, uh, it, the, the players ultimately voted on it, but everyone seems up in the air on how it will affect them. Joe, what, what's the impact of the 17th game going to have on the league? Oh, well, first of all, I'm sure next year all the records are going to be broken, every single one of them, because, you know, an extra game's going to yeah. do that. I, you know, and so every, for the next couple of years, every record's going to be broken again. Every single season record will be broken, and that's all you're going to hear about. And maybe that's good for the players. Maybe that's why the players took it. Right? An extra game, three more touchdowns, set a record that you wouldn't have touched otherwise. I mean, that's good in negotiations. At the end of the day, right, nobody's sitting there like, well, you averaged four catches a game. It's, you know, you had 177 catches this year. Wow. Um, You're going to see stuff like that. Uh, Impact-wise, I mean, these guys complain about too many games and getting hurt. I mean, they were talking about adding this game, and then, and then I guess – Initially, the thought was that guys would still only play 16. So you'd have to take a personal buy. Everybody had to take a personal buy. Do you remember that when this first got proposed? Yeah. That was going to be the idea for player safety. I thought it was a double buy. I thought they wanted to impose a double buy, not a personal buy. No. So you were only allowed to play in 16 of the 17 games was, was the original thing they came out with when they talked about expanding. And then the and PA thought, countered with two buys separately. Still, I I mean, this doesn't, this does nothing for me. Again, it's been a 16 game schedule for so long now. It does nothing for you, but it does something for their pockets. You talk about the extra game. You talk about the media, the money, the networking, the the the, the an extra Sunday night game, an oh, extra yeah, Monday no. night game. I know Thursday. why they're doing it. I know yeah. why they're doing yeah. it. Yeah, there's no benefit to us though, other than that it's one more game. But. Patrick Mahomes contract is going to look tiny compared to the contracts that are going to be coming after this extra game is imposed. It's going to be ridiculous with the extra revenue that they're going to have, and they're going to make up from the lost revenue that they lost in 2020 for not having fans. So that'll help out too. So I, I think, it, I mean, you got to look at it both ways. It impacts them. Yeah, the schedule is going to suck. The players might not make it through it. But, you know, if you're a team like the Giants last year who probably needed an extra game, this might work out for you in the end. So it's all about how you look at it, you know, whether you look at it, you know, glass half full or half empty. It's up to you. Yeah, and I mean it's not technically an extra game. It's they're, they're taking away a bye week. I mean, not, not a bye week. Take away a preseason game. preseason game. Yeah, and putting it there. But Sean, what do you think of the seventeenth game? Um, I mean, I'm not complaining about extra football. Uh, I, I, I mean, an extra week of football. I, I mean, I'll take it as a huge NFL fan. But uh, I, I see what the players are saying about the seventeenth game. Obviously, it's a grueling season. Sixteen games is, I, I think, you know, long enough and. 
I mean, I, I understand why they're upset, but I mean, like you guys are saying, it's the NFL. It's they're all about making their money, especially Roger Goodell. That obviously they're going to make their money. It, like Zay said, it's an extra Sunday night game, more primetime games, just more revenue coming in for the NFL, especially after a year where they lost the money uh, due to COVID. So I think that, you know, it makes a lot of sense for the NFL. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Roger Goodell preaches that he cares about player safety, but in reality, he, he doesn't. I mean, he cares about making money and this is this is exactly what it is. But I mean, it's it's another week of football, um, another opportunity for a team, like Zay said. So I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, 17 games, uh, it's definitely going to be weird, you know, just because you're used to the the even game record, and uh, you're going to have nine away games some years, and then nine home games some years. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird adjustment, I think. But uh, I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to another uh, extra week of football. Though. This is also going to be weird for fantasy, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Off. We'll I guess it does affect us then, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but with this coming out, I want to know a pre-draft record prediction for the Giants. I mean, all their opponents, we know who they're going to be, not necessarily who they're facing in what order. But, Joe, with these 17 games, what do you think the Giants can pull off? I think 11-6. and six is a certainly it's it's a little lofty but again i think based on i think this was a 10 win team last year in a 16 game schedule um obviously their record was flipped but uh rizzer saying nine and eight dude are you serious it, I, here's I mean, here's right i mean look I, if you're a giants fan and, and you think nine and eight's coming then you clearly don't believe in anything they're doing right now because the, the quarterback, yeah, the giant <laughs> role, yeah, clearly that's what must be what Risser is feeling. Because if, if, if again, this team should have been 10 and six last year, that should have been their record. Yeah. I, I, I don't need to go through the schedule to remind you of all the games that they lost by a singular point that easily could have gone the other way. They certainly were playing at the end of the year like a team that was 10 and six instead of a team that was six and 10. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, there, there's got to be to me an improvement over ten and uh, like a ten and six kind of season if you're looking at an upgrade. Yeah, eleven and six. I think that's a. I mean, this is a good. Don't forget this defense is really good, and it's getting better. So I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like this is going to be a really good Giants team. I don't know that that means they win a playoff game, but they're definitely going to be there. Hmm. I definitely agree, Joe. Eleven and six is definitely the, the range I was in the area. I think, and it's definitely going to be because of the defense, in my opinion. You talk about a defense that may add McCordy. They just released Ryan Lewis, probably to make space to add him to the team. So that's going to add depth at the corner position. And the Giants are going to be loaded in the secondary if they can find a defensive end and find a way to block for Daniel Jones. And he turns out to be the quarterback that we drafted him to be at the number eight. Those number eight, right? Yeah, number eight six. spot. Six. Excuse me. Yes, number six spot. Then, then you know the Giants should have no problem being eleven six. I completely agree with the other, uh, with the other person's comment. Sean? Yeah, yeah, I'm right in the middle between you guys and Risser. I, I think ten and seven would uh, be realistic. I mean, either way, I did, and nine and anywhere from nine and eight range to eleven and six range, I wouldn't be too surprised by. But uh, I think I, I agree with Zay. I think the the defense is going to carry this team. But I, I think what it really comes down to is protecting Daniel Daniel Jones because he's going to get Saquon back. We just got Kenny Galladay. But I, I just really do not have a lot of trust in this offensive line still. I know I've been saying it the past couple of weeks, but they're still a super, super young core. I mean, Matthew Parrott doesn't have a lot of experience. 
Andrew Thomas looked better at the end of the year, but I mean, overall, it wasn't a great year. And then you got guys like Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez who are also unproven. So I think we need a veteran in there. Uh, if there's, I mean, anyone out there for the cheap or if we can get someone in the draft, because I, I think the offensive line needs a lot of help. And, you know, I think that's that's been the biggest detriment to Daniel Jones' development uh, over the first couple of years is that he just hasn't had a lot of time back there. And we've we've seen what happens. I mean, the first year he had way too many fumbles that, I mean, it can't happen. And then last year, I, I mean, the same thing. It was he, he cut down on them a little bit. The ball security was a little bit better. But, I mean, you, you're, you're worried about that when you know that your offensive line can't block up front, especially in pass protection. So I think that's really what it comes down to. It's a, it's a huge year for the offensive line because I think the defense will do its part. I think it will be even better than last year. I think it's a probably a top five unit in the league. But um, I, I just really worry about this offensive line. But uh, if they can block, I, I think Daniel Jones will have a huge year. Obviously, it's it's going to be a, a make or break year for him. Uh, I mean, this is he has to show up this year. So it, it really falls on Daniel Jones and the offensive line. And so I, I think 10 and 7 would be a, a realistic record. I, I, know, I hear you. I, I'll let you finish. When people say a make or break year for Daniel Jones, who are we replacing him with next year? Uh, there aren't many they can, great they, they, quarterbacks in the college heard, football I'm looking at. I don't see many great quarterbacks. I could live with Mike Lennon starting until they oh, play God. Big Mike Lennon fan. Oh, <laughs> I don't think people but understand I mean, how much we invested in Jones by taking him that early. To, to, to toss him after three is going to be ridiculous. That, I mean, it happens all the time now in the NFL, though. If a player's yes. not getting it done in the first couple of years, they're, they're going to toss him to the side. But, unless we're going to get a Stafford-type trade, and bring in a quarterback who's experienced, like a Russell Wilson or something like that, who doesn't probably want to be in Seattle, there's no chance of us finding a quarterback that's going to replace Daniel Jones immediately. I don't see it happening I, from the college system, and I don't see it happening in free agency. I, well, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, it, look at the team like the Rams. They it, Jared Goff wasn't working out for them. He was still in the rookie contract, they were, and they, they, they went out and got somebody staff. else. But. That's what I'm – who are we? Who are we going to get at that caliber of quarterback? Stafford, Tom is Brady. Jesus Christ! I mean, there's other there's other good quarterbacks out there that'll probably be on the. Tra- I mean, Russell Wilson was just on the trade market. Uh, I mean, as of you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I, I mean, there's there's going to be guys that are going to be on the trade block, and if the Giants feel like that everywhere else but the quarterback position, you know, is what's keeping them away from being in Super Bowl contention, then they're going to go out and try and get a starting quarterback that fits. If Daniel Jones has another down year i i mean it's just like joe has been preaching it you know really for the last i mean ever since the super bowl that i mean this is a quarterback driven league and if you feel like your quarterback's not getting it done you're gonna go you're gonna do whatever you want yeah exactly you can kick out daniel jones kick him to the side and do whatever you want to you know try and get to that super bowl uh winning team listen if daniel jones doesn't make the playoffs this year he's gone yeah but with He's who? Who's going to replace him? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. That's why you can't. But listen, you can't, you can't I, answer listen, a question I, with I, I don't I'll know. Bet, it doesn't I'll bet, work. I'll bet I just Teddy said, Bridgewater will be unemployed after this yes, year. Sam Donald will be the starter. Teddy Bridgewater will be, be much a, of an upgrade. He'll be an option. James Winston might be an option. Listen. Until you can get somebody, yes, it would have to be somebody. There are going to be other teams looking for quarterbacks. Too. You talk about the Steelers are probably a year away from looking for another quarterback. You think the Giants are going to be a most valuable, you know, one place destination that teams are going to want to be? No, I don't well, think so. I, I, right, yes, especially they, they have if, weapons and they have a defense. But but listen, Look. if Dan, listen, Daniel Jones is in a really good spot here. 
if Daniel Jones can't get the Giants to the postseason, knowing how bad this division still is, knowing that two teams still don't really know who their quarterback's going to be, but, but the one that does has a god-awful defense, this is a winnable division. If he can't win the division with the team he has, the defense he has, then you got to find somebody else. I understand, but like I said, look at the other teams in the division who can't find a quarterback, who thought they had a quarterback, who won a Super Bowl with a quarterback and then had to get rid of him a year later, and he hasn't found his way back in the league anywhere. So who are we replacing yeah, Daniel Jones with? I think most who? people think Carson Wentz is going to have a great year in but they, they invested And he's a lot certainly capable Hurts. of doing it. Carson Wentz was overrated Second coming round. out of high college anyway. He was hard, Dude, overrated. Jalen Hurts is not that good. You saw him play. He didn't Jaylen do it Hurts. for anybody. Every no, Eagles, every Eagles fan I know, every Eagles fan I know that watched that, as soon as they traded Wentz, they were like, oh, my God, what did we just do? You, you this were is bad. Hurts, who lost his job to Tua, who's probably going to get uh, lose his job to a rookie quarterback this year. So what are you doing? But they, I don't. Jalen Hurts, really, <laughs> really. Well, I mean, no, they invested a lot of stuff in Jalen Hurts, taking him in the second round. The Giants are never going to do that. They're not going to pick another quarterback like that with, with Daniel Jones, especially this year. That that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm if saying. You have yeah, doubt. No, you need to yeah, no. Did I, nobody said that. Nobody was saying that. Where'd I'm saying that? if you have doubt, take a quarterback. If you have doubt, Daniel Jones, take a quarterback this year, whether it's second round, third round. If you have doubt, take a quarterback. Dude, sure. Why Why not take a flyer on a guy like Kyle Trask if he's out there? I mean, there, there's some pretty decent quarterbacks that'll be in this draft that you can probably grab third, fourth, fifth round. Give them a, give them a whirl. See what you got. You never know. It's the beauty of the draft, but. I think we're quitting on too easy. I think if we quit on Eli Manning too early, we would have never got two championships, so. Works the no, same way. I, right. I I agree with that, but I just think it's the NFL is a different landscape nowadays. I they they don't let quarterbacks develop nearly as long as they did, you know, back in the day. I think that it's a it's I mean it's a quarterback driven league, and they're just gonna you know kick him to the side if they don't think that he can get it done in a couple of years. But I I think that Dave I will say this I think Dave Gettleman is more of an old school GM who you know he will let Daniel Jones develop. So I would be shocked if. if I mean, if they just, you know, let him go next year. But, I mean, if if he doesn't show up this year, then I I, I wouldn't be completely surprised by it. My I expectation is that Daniel Jones is going to play better and that the defense is going to be better and that so. Saquon's going to make everything better. And, again, da- put it to you like this. Daniel Jones will have had to suck this coming season. For the Giants not to be a postseason team, Daniel Jones would have had to have yeah. played awful football because all the talent around him is a lot better. And I know there's issues with the offensive line still, but they're a year they're a year wiser. They got some experience under their belt. They learned a lot of things. They got a coach. So, they didn't have a coach in the beginning sure. of the year. Mark Palumbo wasn't, <laughs> right. wasn't coaching them. They had there's, to get rid of him. <laughs> there's a lot. They got look. There's a lot to be happy about if you're a giant. If you're a giant fan, I mean, it's yeah. a good situation. If Daniel Jones with every, the Giants don't go out and spend money. When the Giants go out and spend money, though, they do expect you to make the postseason. And Eli did that in 2016. It's probably the worst thing that ever happened to us because it's what led to 17 and 18 and 19. So yeah. here we are. Um, 
Well, that was incompetent GMs not realizing the team was getting old. <laughs> but there's a million reasons and a million. I mean, again, I we could do a whole show just about the incompetence of the owners. Um, I'd I'd love to have that conversation sometimes. I mean, two idiots. Yeah. Two idiots who whose grand whose grandfathers are obviously embarrassed at, at what they're doing now. Um, but that's for another episode. I, Daniel Jones has everything he needs to take this team he to does. the postseason. He's gonna have to play really poorly for them not to. And if that be the case, you're all going to want him dead, let alone not the quarterback. <laughs> you're gonna want to tar and feather that son of a bitch and throw him off the GW bridge. That's what you're gonna want to do. If this team goes like five and a five and twelve or whatever, well, yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe then. Oh yeah, dude, you're gonna want Daniel Jones dead. That's how you're gonna be feeling. You're not gonna be oh, oh one more year. Nope. A team so, will not go five and twelve. They could start zero and five. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think this team is too good and too talented. I saw too much improvement from Daniel Jones. Not in the numbers, clearly, because they weren't there. When he was healthy, when he was playing right, and at the end of the year, I thought he looked good. And I, I, I think that he's the right guy for the job. Want to see him doing it with Saquon. And now with Galladay, now that Ingram's not the, the main guy, I mean, good I'll chance in those sure. huge situations he's not going to drop it because it's going to uh, Kenny Galladay instead. So yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I – I think I think that there's enough of a shift even in the Giants offense that it's gonna make the skill guys better. Yeah. So there's a lot there, I'm telling you. We'll see what happens. But there's a lot he, to look forward to. A lot he, of this, this truly nope. look <laughs> in this NFL, like Sean just said, it, year three, your make or break. Sorry to tell you, there's no time. There's no time to like waste because if you have to develop the next guy. I mean, you're talking about a, that's another four or five year window you're looking at right now to get good. So you're not gonna you're not gonna keep waiting. Like, I want, look at the Jets. Yeah, at, at what at what point are you like, all right? I mean, you know, how many times we're we gonna say this is Darnold's year? It's not. It never will be. Move on. Get a guy <laughs> who's gonna be his year. And if it's not gonna be, hey, listen. How long you think Zach Wilson's uh, leash is gonna be, Zay? You think he's getting the five year plan? I don't think so. No, definitely not. I don't think he's that good to be getting drafted. I agree. I think I think he's a huge mistake for them. But hey, that's a whole different conversation. Just be Jets, absolutely. But uh, all right, we talked a lot about the Giants so far, so I thought we'd take a break for the question of the week. If you had to start a franchise with any young player from any team, what player would you pick right now, Joe? Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's a. I mean, do I need to explain why? I will, because <laughs> he's awesome and he like you know is on the next level. Yeah, dude, what is he? Twenty five, twenty six? He even turned twenty six yet? I mean, that's a young dude. He's a superstar. Um, yeah, that's a that's a no brainer pick for me. Maybe the only other guy I would be interested in is Dalvin Cook to build a team around. As much as I love Derrick Henry, he's uh. Starting to get up there in ages. I don't know if I'd want to start a franchise with him as much yeah. as I love the the D train. But those would be those would be my two guys. That's one and one A. Sean, mm. um, yeah, I did. I mean, I knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be the obvious yeah. answer, so I 
I, I, I just went with like the past three drafts, but uh, the guy I would pick, uh, it, it was, I was struggling between some defensive players. I wanted to pick Devin White or Chase Young. Those would be my two on defense, but uh, the guy I would go with, uh, I'm not sure Joe will love this answer, but I, I'm going with uh, his favorite, Justin Herbert. Um, I think that, you know, he's, he's got all the tools. I, I think that, you know, he's That's why you're not a GM. Just kidding. Let's go. I, I, I don't even think the Chargers want him. What? Yes, they just messed right, it. Well, I'm messing. I'm messing. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I mean, he, he's just—I I think he's a tremendous quarterback. He—he he has a great deep ball. He's you know super accurate. I mean, he could move in the pocket. He—he's a tough kid too. I mean, the Chargers' old line was pretty bad last year, and he—he he got you know messed around pretty bad. But I mean, he—he he got right back up and he—he yeah, he showed his toughness. And I, I just think that you know he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, within a couple of years, I think that he's already you know entering that that stratosphere i mean not just yet but obviously he has to prove it this year and make and make the playoffs first but i mean he absolutely shattered the rookie records um you know you know passing touchdowns passing yards and he did it in only i think 14 starts he missed a couple starts at the the start of the year when tyrod taylor was still the quarterback yeah. so i just think that justin herbert uh I think that he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league right now. I, I think, you know, if if I'm talking about the last three drafts, I think that, you know, Josh Allen is is definitely right there too. But I, I just believe that Justin Herbert's going to build on his rookie year and have an uh, even better year than he did last year. And I, I just think that he's going to be one of the, the next best quarterbacks in the league within the next one or two years. Uh, he did play 15 games. It was 15 games. I just looked it up. Um, all right, missed the game. That, man, that impressive. Am I, like, breaking all the records in less than I, 16 games, though, Sean. I still tip the cap. I tip the cap. That's very impressive. I'll say this. Look, you know, I, I say it all the time about Justin Herbert. There's just I don't I don't know why. Don't love the ball out of his hand. That said, the results are there. And Sean, I'll tell you another thing. Why I I think Justin Herbert's gonna prove me wrong. I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm still hoping he goes all Rex Grossman, but I don't think it's going to happen at this point. Oh, God. That defense Rex is going to be football. healthy and good. Yeah. And, boy, yeah. I'll okay, say Derwin this. James back. Uh, dude, Derwin James, a healthy Joey Bosa. But I'll say this. With a strong, healthy defense, he's got to win games next year. If this guy starts winning games and putting up those numbers, dude, I, I swear to God, I'll, get I'll buy his jersey. I'll buy his jersey and I'll wear it on this show. I, I, right. and he's, he's clearly got the ability. I stand by when I say, though, the, the ball out of this guy's hand doesn't seem just doesn't look like everybody else's. There's something I, I don't love about it. The numbers I, I, are there. I think not, he has one of the, the prettier balls in the NFL right now. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's too pretty. Maybe that's what's bugging me out, Shawnee. I just <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Watching, watching every single one of that guy starts this year. I was like, nah, I don't know. Maybe it's my own ignorant defiance. I, I maybe <laughs> I'm just wishing that it doesn't happen. But I'm telling you, I try to be super objective every time I watch this guy play. Which was like I said, every single game. I thought, ah, it just doesn't. He doesn't feel like a superstar to me. Doesn't feel like it. But the numbers, the numbers clearly say otherwise. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I recognize that. The, win, the eye test isn't there for you yet. Win some games for me this year, and I'm sold. That's, That's all he's got to do. And again, talking about Daniel Jones, I think he's again with James and Bosa and a, and a defense that's going to play a lot better. The excuses are going to be gone. Win some games. I'll get the jersey. All right, Zay, I'm gonna switch it up for you. With this, though, 
Give me a defensive player that you would build a franchise around. Right? Oh, come on. I ain't had no defensive <laughs> player in mind. Who picks a yeah. defensive player to start look, a franchise? Look at this guy. He's all, he's all skills. Oh, come on, guy. player. No, I was picking the Kai Beckton. No, I'm kidding. Completely <laughs> kidding. Completely kidding. Completely kidding. <laughs> Dang, now, That's I seriously good. added my Deshaun Watson. Like, how could you not? You bring him to New England, you know, me, him, Kraft. We, we, we went to the uh, Are you in a happy ending massage parlor in New England, and we just take over. Look how it works out. Uh, I think it works out perfectly. Listen, the problem with your answer is, is it's not who do you want to start a franchise with in five to ten years? Because I got a feeling your man's going to be a little busy for the we're, we're, starting busy we're starting a football team in this happy ending <laughs> massage parlor. This one's happy the Sean and Roberts happy ending massage parlor. That's what we're gonna do. Um, I got a feeling oh, it's gonna be yikes. like the take the Texas State Penitentiary flag football league for Mr. Watson. I think that might be yeah, uh goal. Uh, he, he'll be competing with Adam Sandler for other quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, for like it's here. I, 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 I'll, let me say this. I don't, I, the, the case against him is not looking good. It, it really isn't. No. And, um, okay. I'm one of those people where like when 27 women or whatever it is, are saying the same thing. You probably did it. And, uh, I just had a conversation with, I won't say who it was. Cause he was, they was, he was like, but bet you both of the girls are lying. I said, if 25 of them are lying, he still did it to two. That's still bad. Like, he's still going to be in trouble. So I'm hoping that, but I don't know, he didn't do it. And it's a, but I don't think that's possible. It Just never has been. It's look, there's yeah. never been a situation where a bunch of women came out and accused somebody of something. And then we didn't find out. Yeah, he did it. You know, I mean, it broke our hearts when it was Bill Cosby or Kevin Spacey. Pick the guy, Harvey Weinstein, whoever, whoever you like that you were like, no, he couldn't. He did. He did a lot. And so, yeah, generally speaking, when a lot of people say you did something, you did it. Everybody knows how I feel about Big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, three times, bro, you're doing it wrong. <sighs> you're doing it wrong. Whatever your move is, they don't like it. Stop. In Stop Deshaun's raping defense, people. And Deshaun's defense, it's just a little convenient. Was, you know, you're ready to go, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to tell him. I'm just saying it's a little convenient. I'm not saying it's not. But maybe we're gonna find out a lot more was consensual than we than, than what we're being told. I think that's what we're gonna find out. A lot more is consensual. That's again, dude. Like without getting into the nitty gritty of what was happening there, right? I I don't necessarily want the details. It feels like Jameis, though. It feels like Jameis in Florida. Just just feels like it, where it came out one way and it turned out being completely another way. But I mean, who knows? All right, this has gone off the rails. I think we need it has. <laughs> yeah, we could we could talk. Hold on, we could do Jameis Winston and the New York Giants owners and Deshaun Watson in a special episode. Criminal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, that is gonna do it for John about the G men. Thank you, everyone watching. Thank you, Joe, Sean, and Zay for joining me. And we'll see you next week to talk more about the Giants and preview the upcoming draft. So take care.